0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 80 of the Fantasy Fullback Dive. We're in season four here, uh, brought to you by the good people of the Road Street Journal. Uh, We're your lead blocker. We are going to pave the way to fantasy glory for you. 2019, 2019 2020 now? Is that the season that we're like approaching here? That's, that's nuts. Once we're getting up to the 2020 season, that just seems a little ridiculous to me. And the fact is, we're in 2020 season. Tom Brady's still the quarterback of the New England Patriots. Um, and still, you know, they're probably going to go into the offseason the favorites, right? Wouldn't you say? Always. It's my Patriots, baby. Not always, but but they're going to uh, this year, you'd have to say. Sorry, I digress. I get a little distracted sometimes when we haven't done this. I'm, of course, your host now, The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto-Street himself, um, wearing his one piece of RSJ swag, uh, just received uncomfortable news that, that CJ, the Salt Man, has been hoarding the swag in his basement. Um, yeah,
2: ideally not using it as as we
0: discussed. <laughs> Comebacks for his pregnancy board. Please, please, CJ, don't. We got like eighty five percent of the company's value wrapped up in that right now, and you know, and you know, using it as a you know rag is going to reduce the value by at least fifty percent. Anyway, uh, yeah. right, we should have two sections. There might be a margin that we for that you that sell shirts. right, right. Yeah. Two sections we sell them on. It's like you can have this shirt new for fourteen ninety five or. You can, right. you can have it. Right? CJ's like spent a week with it uh, for six dollars. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we're gonna get into. We talked last episode about uh, fantasy winners and losers based on the draft. We we went over the the winners. We alluded to a lot of the losers, and you know we want to be men of our words, so we're gonna obviously go over some of the losers of the draft today. You know, based on the additions of you know people coming in better better line, worse line. Uh, you know, is a running back going to come in that's going to completely eat away at the ground pie that you were hoping to have a sliver of? That's what we're going to get into today. Uh, but before we do, we're actually going to, uh, you know, tell you that we actually have a, a minor sponsor. Uh, yeah. it, it's us, but I mean, it's not, you know, so kind of. But you know, Sesame Street is brought to you sometimes by letters and numbers. <laughs> Uh, Of course, great show. And my son's just recently gotten back into watching Sesame Street. He he was into it. Then he wasn't. Now it's back. It's roaring back. Anyway, this Mm. episode is brought to you by one of our glossary definitions. And that, of course, is pig roast, a fantasy (laughs) pig roast. Uh, And if you're not familiar with this term, well, that's because it's really our term. But we want this to become just kind of part of the lexicon that everybody mm. out there is using a pig roast in fantasy that 's when you own both the quarterback and the receiver of a pass and you have like a, a guy that gets a touchdown so you 're double dipping basically you 're getting points from the quarterback and the receiver. I mean you call that stacking in daily fantasy. people do it all the time, but it 's a pig roast um, it 's usually a wide receiver, but occasionally it can be a tight end or a running back pairing with your quarterback you know you get that and it, the example uh, in line to win my fantasy semifinals. Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins put me through an epic pig, pig roast, resulting in a fantasy loss, and me shitting pancakes for months after. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I knew that would get you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, no, pig roast is when you get one. But what about, is, is there a variation of this? Is it just a bigger pig roast if they get multiple TDs? Uh, yeah, I mean that's like where maybe they decided let's
2: switch sides. I'm going to take the mouth this time. You get the ass instead. <laughs> then there's also the variation. Let's say you have like the running back and the receiver and the quarterback. Which if you have like Levy on Bell, Antonio happens. Brown and Big Ben. I mean that used to be an epic. Uh, that's not even a pig roast at that point. That's probably just the fantasy gang bang, right? Like that's <laughs> every orifice of yours is just getting penetrated if you're facing that, and you're penetrating every orifice if that's you doing that. The, the pig roast facing there.
0: that or not facing but, that. It doesn't really matter what direct you're turned you're you're getting yeah. it from somebody Exactly. <laughs>
2: Some might call it an Eiffel Tower. You know, it's got different variations. They might connect hands and form the
0: tower above you. But regardless,
2: <laughs> hey, there's nothing better than having the pig roast. And there's nothing
0: that. Nothing worse or, than uh, getting pig roasted.
2: Especially I mean, last year when it was like Mahomes and Tyree Kill and it's like a 90 yard pig roast. And you're just like, are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, it's, it's like, cause, like you, it's you like know, you're like, head. if
0: you're anything like me, you're following the scores long and you're like, all right, I'm up eight, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm down 21.
1: Right, right, exactly. You know, because
0: they just crushed you on that one play and then to me and I don't know if this is just me being negative or like feeling like I'm on the wrong side it seems like when one of those happens another one it like follows often it always does right yeah give up a 90 yarder and then it's like oh and here's another 75 yarder that's great right Right. exactly right Tyreek Hill now has 210 and two
2: touchdowns and oh I have Mahomes too so there you go that fucker (laughs)
0: Tyreek Hill I mean he's fun to talk about fantasy wise like just such an exciting guy to watch I wish I didn't hate him so much Uh, because he was was part of a great pig roast combo last probably year. Probably the best out there. What do you think this year? Who would you
2: say is the best pig roast roaster? Well, home?
0: I know you're going to want to say Baker and OBJ probably. Although cool. you've noticed, he's already there's already drama. I mean, he's already like basically been like sent home from practice, right? Like to get his head right. Kitty? What? Yeah, like I mean, he he like I, I heard he had to like leave. I missed that one. Not maybe it wasn't even practice. I feel like he went to like one practice and then the coach was like, like he's like away from the team like so he can get his head right or something. I, no I heard shit. that like yesterday. Really? Yeah, look, oh, look it up after we're done. See if I'm, I'll you know, and the I code. apologize if I'm just making shit up, but no, I don't think I am. Um, but scary. I mean, I know you're going to want to say Baker and OBJ. I would say that, um, you know, you got like T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck. I certainly wouldn't put that at the top. Uh, I, mean, I mean,
2: Watson I, Hopkins is pretty good. I mean, my favorite good, is right?
0: Wa- is Watson Hopkins. I don't yeah. know how much I believe in Watson. I love him. I, I really like him. I don't know. We'll see what happens with him. And I mean, Rodgers and Devontae Adams is, Oh yeah, that's solid. So I, mean, I would say probably the best two are Hopkins, Watkins, potentially. That's my favorite. And then probably Rodgers and Adams. Yeah, and, and then I'd and nice follow that theoretically with OBJ and Mayfield.
2: Yeah, I think the Adams rodgers ones too, the those are the type of ones that are so valuable because so much of Rogers' scoring, probably like twenty, thirty percent of his touchdown passes went to Adams. It's very concentrated. Whereas some of these offenses spread it out so so heavily, even like you know, Tyree Kill, you never knew if you're gonna get it. Every week you got a pig roast from Adams and Rodgers. So that's one of the safest, sturdiest. You know you're putting them on the spit at some point if you own those two. Yeah, I'm with you. All
0: right, I've heard we have a voicemail question. Is, we that, do. True? Is that true for Mad Money Mike? Yeah, I am trying to remember how we used to play these though. Is it uh, through the phone? You know what's or? crazy about that, like that year, because I I do that sometimes too. We'll go through a little stretch where like we don't do something for a while. Like there was a stretch when someone else was was uh, doing the sound and producing a lot of our podcasts, and so like I, I went through a stretch where it was maybe like three months where I hadn't done a podcast, I hadn't like uh, done the editing and and producing and stuff. And mm-hmm. like keep in mind, I had done like I don't know what 150 of them before that. And so I took like two or three months off and like, I couldn't remember how to do it. It's like, you know, like that never used to happen to me when I was younger. Like my kids, like they know how to do something. They never forget it. They, they know it just like, it's, it's like gospel. They learn it forever with me. It's like now that I'm old. It, it doesn't matter how many reps I've had. If I'm not doing it all the time, I literally, I completely forget. And it seems like you're actually, even though you're a lot younger than me, you're suffering from the same malady.
2: Oh, I, I have the worst memory ever. It must have to do with that green stuff. I, I sometimes was going to say, like,
0: you know, I mean, smoking like two ounces of weed a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Not that much. For that. No, no, I know.
2: Obviously. I think but, I've uh, got it figured out, though. Okay. Play it for us. Well, we used to, and we used to use my iPad for it, but that thing's been through the ringer. Lots of bad things have happened to that iPad. A lot of bad things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the CJ isn't it? <laughs> Thankfully, I'm you know, sure it's in. Okay. Let's put it that way. All right. But let's okay. uh, let's <laughs> let's listen to Mad Money, Mike, a classic. Right, I have well. no idea what he has to say,
0: even. Okay, bring it, Mike. Hey, boys, it's Mad Money, Mike. It's been a while. Certainly, been a long off season for yours truly, losing in the fancy football
1: finals. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Malcolm, goddamn Butler, bringing mm. back a pick six. Whatever. Anyways, need a ruling from you two experts on a little situation going down in my league. This is my big league, the highest stakes, and the commissioner is RSJ's own Jimbo Slice. Oh
2: wow! Now, you're already you're already in trouble there. I don't even know want to know what the rest is, but we know Jimbo Slice is never up to any good. So no,
0: Let's, <laughs> what
2: controversy is this going to be? <laughs> Oh, I do you think? I do you think that? Uh,
0: do you think that of you, me, the Salt Man, and and Jimbo? Do you think he's the most reputable?
2: Like, the, well, yeah, because look at who's. comparative. So. like I think so. You know? Yeah, it's like being the fattest kid at fat camp. <laughs> <Or> the <laughs> skinniest
0: kid at fat camp. <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: Well, yeah. Exactly. Because
0: <laughs> I do kind of think I was thinking the other day, like if you had to like just say like, well, this this is the guy, this is the reputable guy, like Jimmy would probably get it.
2: He's probably, but he's not reputable. Like that's just that's it sliding scale,
0: though. Yeah, it's exactly. All right, go oh, ahead, Mike. Hey boys, it's Matt. Oh, Money shit, Mike. oh Mike. Well, it's certainly What's, been a long offseason. I didn't know it was going to restart on us. Hold on. So this is Jakeoff, who's like
1: onto the race.
0: He's like thirty, but he's acting like he's like seventy.
1: Both slice. Now, as the league decides to draft every year by the Kentucky Derby. Mm. Everyone randomly gets their horse selected. I got game winner, whatever. All is normal. But what would you know? Jimbo Slice gets maximum security. Oh, Certainly a that the commissioner would end up with the favorite, but whatever, on to the race. As everyone knows by now, the race was run. Maximum security comes in first. But wait, we got the damn challenge flag being thrown. The horse gets DQ'd. Certainly a rollercoaster of emotions for young Mr. Slice. Yeah. Going from first pick to last. Going from Saquon or... Girly down to Freeman, but whatever fair is fair, or so we thought. Now any person with a shred of dignity would just take the <laughs> L, but now we have Jimbo ruling as the commissioner that he gets the first pick on the technicality. Oh well, the first horse cross the line is maximum security. I get first pick. Just an outrageous take from this tyrant grasping at this power. <laughs> We'd we'll love to get your take on this as the experts of everything fantasy football. And get your take on this oppressive dictatorship of Jim Jong Un. <laughs> you want
0: to you want to know what's funny about the very end of of what he said? Um, the, one of my good buddies, Jerome, who's the commissioner of my hometown league, also known as Johnny Good Times. Uh, we call him Jerome Jongil. <laughs> so it's like i wonder how many leagues there are that have oppressive commissioners that just that just get named like called some variation of the north korean dictator uh anyway so uh quick thoughts on this i gotta say for me and i didn't know this question was coming and uh and you know you and i have not discussed it beforehand i i have to say i i don't think that he should get the number one pick i mean i think the horse ended up like i think they bumped him down to like 15th or something um Absolutely. so i mean i to me uh country country house or country road or whoever the hell won it that's that's the number one guy um yeah that, country to,
2: country house to me
0: you got it's you go by the official results i mean and you know i don't i don't know enough about horse racing to know whether it was a good call or not but i think you got to go by the official results right 100% yeah this is pure dictatorship At it's ugliest Jimbo Slice We expect better from
2: you uh, this, this could be grounds for removal from the RSJ If I don't hear this is rectified the right way I think it's embarrassing I get that it was a technicality and all this But the official ruling was he lost So you gotta accept it And never mind the fact that I wouldn't necessarily want the first overall pick this year Like, There's no clear cut Saquon's not the clear cut no, number But, one, he's, in my but opinion.
0: He's, he's gonna get bumped all the way like it's, yeah. it's not like he's gonna get second or third. It's I, like, but
2: I kind of, I kind of like last
0: this year though. Like, if you you can get Joe Mixon
2: and like Devontae Adams, get yourself a a horse, or you could even go horse horse and get Mixon Dalvin Cook, who we love, or I or agree whatever with you. But be. don't I you like think the I, I
0: I don't disagree that this might actually be a better draft position for Jimbo? But like, really, what's at what is at play here is, is his character. Like, of course, what is right. going exactly. on here? Like, I just got through saying that he's the most reputable member of, you know, the four horsemen that make up the, uh, you know, the foundation of the RSJ. Is is this going to hurt his reputability rating substantially? I kind of think it is. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we're three other pathetic losers with no reputability at all,
2: but we don't, we, we at least go with what happens in the field. We don't. And moan and make this type of sketchy move. No, I think Jimbo is this being is, serious. Get, like
0: we should have him on the show next week to defend this we gotta, decision. Yeah, we because gotta, like I, it more. seems like he might just be like fucking with Mad Money because it seems like such a <laughs> poor call. We should we mediate. Should get, we should have them both let's on. Get both of them. Exactly. And mediate. Yes. I can yep. mediate. I'm good at that. Yeah. Okay.
2: We're gonna have a mediation. So, folks, this is not. We don't know the ultimate. This was about two weeks ago, and it just popped up that we had this. We have no idea how this situation has played out, but we will be mediating live on the next fantasy fullback dive here. Cannot wait. That's going to be fantastic. I'm
0: looking forward to that, actually. Make sure you get those guys on the horn. All right, we're going to get into draft day losers. Uh, We're going to start with rookies, and then we're going to hit veterans. Uh, All right, let's get into rookies real quick. Marquise Brown lands in the fantasy hell that is the run-obsessed Ravens. Uh, They selected Oklahoma wide receiver Marquise Hollywood Brown with the number 25 overall pick in the draft. You think this is a bad break for him? How does it get any worse? I mean, Lamar
2: Jackson was graded the least accurate quarterback by pro football focus. And if you had a set of eyes, you didn't really need to know their grades because he looked awful throwing the ball all last season. Unsurprisingly, they only passed the ball disgusting 36.3% of the time. That's unheard of. That's like less than Tim Tebow was throwing the ball back when he was with the Broncos. So, I mean, obviously, it's all the offseason reports are Jackson's working on his arm and practicing his delivery and blah this and blah that. And he probably can't get much worse than he was last year. But I don't think it's going to be this massive sudden awakening where he becomes this dead pinpoint accurate guy. And Brown just doesn't seem to fit. Like you look at John Brown, right? The the similar type of mold to Marquise Brown in the deep threat and the speed and the big play. John Brown was like the 114th ranked receiver once Lamar Jackson took over. So I can't sit here and say Marquise Hollywood Brown, who's yeah, a better talent than John Brown, should or he should. I guess John Brown's pretty good he's not a bad and just so similarly skilled to see what John Brown did with Lamar Jackson in Greg Roman's scheme and this run obsessed attack doesn't give me a ton of faith and this is one of those things where sure I love the talent I agree with the draft scouts that he was the best receiver in this class but there's so many better spots like the Steelers like the Colts these explosive offenses that had tons of target share up for grabs to go to the Ravens yeah I get it. they had no one there to compete with but it's just never it, the only positive I will say the one positive here is I looked a little bit into Greg Roman and yes, he is run obsessed. In fact, his offenses, all of them have ranked in the top 10 in rush attempts and the bottom five in pass attempts every single year except one. uh, He was the 23rd ranked in that year where he had a standout passing year. Ridiculous. But even admits that, he still had four 1,000-yard receivers in six of his years coaching. Usually it was a big body like an Anquan Bolden, a Michael Crabtree, a Sammy Watkins. Those were the four that went over 1,000 yards under Roman, not the same type as Marquise Brown and not the same type that I think Lamar Jackson could thrive with. But there is that slight glimmer. Either way, though, it's a horrible landing spot. It's a slight spot. one, though. It's slight yeah. It just—I mean—I think it's an awful spot. He could have gone so much better and
0: so much higher, and he lands here. It's awful. All right. Along similar lines, the Titans selected Ole Miss wide receiver AJ Brown with the fifty-first overall pick in the draft. I mean, maybe not quite the fantasy hell that the Ravens are, but I mean, I mean, certainly not any sort of fantasy heaven or fantasy like a coveted landing spot. If you're a receiver, like that sounds like garbage to me too. No, not it's not
2: a great spot at all. I totally agree. I mean, Marcus Mariota, is he a better thrower than Lamar Jackson? Yes. But again, that's as low of a bar as you can possibly set as a starting NFL quarterback right now. And even so, they've been so run heavy in his four years being there, 31st in pass attempts last year, 28th the year before, 28th the year before that, 21st the year before that. So they've been pathetic under Mariota, not trying to unleash this guy. And who can blame him? He's missed time in every single season. He had a career-low 2500 28 passing yards and 11 touchdowns last year. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. I get that he missed four games, but that's still embarrassing. He's never topped 4,000 yards. He's only topped 20 TDs once in his career. So he's been in the like digits, 11, 12. It's been pathetic with Mariota. So I get all these tight and they're going to probably all come out of the woodwork and be like, Mariota this. Mariotta. How can you justify this guy? He has no track record of staying healthy or being productive. I don't think I'm he's any believer. good at all. I mean, I, I have no faith in Marcus Mariota. And the and what's worse for A.J. Brown is compared to Marquise Brown. At least Marquise Brown's path to targets is pretty clear. There's no one really in his way. A.J. Brown has Corey Davis, who sucks. We're going to talk about him yeah, and his shitty Yeah, but be he's going to be he's still there. Absolutely. He's probably going to be the number one target there. Delaney Walker is returning from injury. He was the number one target for multiple years until he got hurt. And then they sign Adam Humphrey. So it's like yeah, where well, okay. exactly does A.J. Brown, who, again, I do not want to hate on of these guys i love i love this town both fantastic receivers probably my favorite two in this class but landing spot wise if i'm looking at a pure mm-hmm. fantasy football perspective i don't think either of them come into much value this year in awful spots like
0: this i'm with you and i'm here's a hot take for you the titans are gonna suck and you know they're even more than they're gonna suck in real life they're gonna suck in fantasy so yeah and, and that's my hot take Um, have you seen all the hate we get on youtube by uh, titans fans by the way we do man like you know and it's like i I, I guess i appreciate it in in the sense that like it means people are listening and and they're at least like processing what we have Ah. to say and stuff like that and they give it back to us obviously we like like respond to almost everything people say to us but Uh, yeah people don't people don't care for the titans hate but i mean i don't know man like why why would they, they be good
2: fantasy? You and me like, have
0: got, we've gotten behind the Titans before. Like we were really excited about exotic smash mouth.
2: Oh yeah. And they were solid that year. I they mean, were, that was yeah. like a, a solid ground game. And uh, you know what NFL was? I do pretty much agree with you that they're probably going to suck, but they have a good defense. I like Vrabel. Uh, there's things I like. They gonna them just them Henry. Yeah, I, like I, Vrabel too. Henry. I don't like, want to hate them. They're not one of these I like teams.
0: I want to hate, like I want to <laughs> hate the Raiders. I don't and
2: that's. Yeah, exactly. I like don't. the tight, Like I like Tennessee. Sure. But it, 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 you just brought up another point against A.J. Brown is if this offense is going to succeed, when we saw it succeed last year, they were feeding Henry. So it's going to be a run based. Yeah. Arthur Smith called it an ugly attack. Like he, he literally comes out and says it's going to be ugly and we're going to use Henry as our centerpiece. So then they have all these wide receivers competing for a pretty ugly aerial pie right now. Uh, none of that looks attractive to me at all.
0: Yeah, I'm with you.
2: Other than Derrick Henry, other, other than Derrick Der-
0: Henry, maybe, but I mean, we've gotten screwed by him before, so we'll see what happens. Did you hear his quote today? I think no. you would you would appreciate this one. One said. of
2: the oh my good god, it was one of my favorite lines. So the interviewer goes, "I have to ask you this: What's going through your mind as you get ready to throw that stiff arm?" And he just goes, "Make him pay. Get out of my way. Do you see what's coming at you? <laughs>
0: do you want to do what a line? Do you want to? Do you see what's coming? That is at good, you? and that that's a mountain, Kyburn." stiff arm right yeah exactly yeah, me.
2: yeah just throw you Which, again That's patent pending yeah we got to get that one on a meme all
0: right veterans sony michelle as you know one of the guys the truth has been uh you know struggling with am i going to keep this guy am i not going to keep this guy i've gone i've gone to every extreme i've gone to absolutely to absolutely not uh this makes it a little murkier sony michelle's Fantasy Outlook, oh, murkier. You actually used the same yeah, word. that I just good word choice. Yeah, Sonny Michelle's Fantasy Outlook, <laughs> murkier, with running back Damian Harris added. I mean, he was a bell cow for a while. Yeah, he had 71 carries over three playoff games. That's almost 24 a game.
2: He racked up 336 yards and six TDs. That's two TDs a game. So, I mean, that pace, I think I said it last week, 1,792 yards, 32 touchdowns. <laughs> Uh, pace. It was insane. 378 carries, too. You knew the Patriots were never going to just give him that style work and that type of workload, especially with his injury concerns. Uh, but you think maybe they enter it with a, a little more clarity that this is the clear-cut guy at the top, and then they go and select Damian Harris, a very solid running back. He out-touched, out-produced the more heralded Josh Jacobs at Alabama for those years. He's more of that three-down fit, solid overall skill set. We know Saban and Bill Belichick are boys, and despite yep. clear not having a clear need at running back, they invested some pretty heavy draft capital to go and get this guy it, uh, we talked to Hannibal. Uh, that that one probably is going to come out after this, but just as a sneak preview, Hannibal said, "I wouldn't be shocked to see Damian Harris take the goal line role and let Sony Michelle come off the field for that. I could see Sony being more of a twelve carry back, not that like fifteen to twenty that we were seeing in the playoffs because they want to preserve him for the playoffs and, right. and let him run. Then that's why they took Harris, and especially to have a better insurance policy if Sony goes down again. So all that to me says Sony just clearly back to that gross like." Can you trust the Patriots running back? I always just get whoever's cheapest and hope they get a couple starts in there. And right now it's probably going to be Damian Harris at this point. So Sony takes a massive hit. And Rex Burkhead is just off the picture at this point. But Sony – and that's going to be the biggest hit of like any of these veterans. He was in my I top, agree. let's say like 20-ish. I was ready to take him towards the end of round two, beginning of round
0: three. And now he falls to like 60 or so. He takes a
2: massive hit in my opinion.
0: Yeah, he's not a keeper for me anymore. Like nah. you, you know, I'm, now, now it seems the, the Hopkins and – uh david johnson even more solidified and then i got the first pick of the next round and so we'll see what happens yeah, i also, awesome. I also yeah. got nick chubb so we'll see if i we'll see might be uh, able to, i might be able to find someone better than chubb, can you we'll keep see.
2: three though well like, but I,
0: I get i can keep two but i get the first pick of the next round so i so can't i can, I can in anyway. effect yeah. keep three um, yeah if there's yeah. you know it's gonna be a good start to a team i think right absolutely yeah absolutely all right number two darius Geis. man that guy broke our hearts last year huh he reco- Absolutely. He's re- recovering slowly Faces more carry competition with Bryce Love How sad is it going to be If if this guy never takes off?
2: I know, it's too bad Because even in that preseason game Which was against the Patriots so I was watching it very closely He had a couple runs where he just looked like a monster He looked, he looked like really every good. reason why we were putting him up in our, our second round, even as a rookie, I thought he was going to have a monster season. And the fact that Adrian Peterson was able to rack up over a thousand yards and close to 10 touchdowns last year, it makes you wonder what guys could have done with that type of volume and that type of workload in this offensive scheme that often did seem to like to feed one guy. But now they, you know, it's Adam Shafter reports he's coming along a little slower. He had three additional surgeries after that first one because of knee infections. That's that's clearly not a positive sign. And then they go and sign Adrian Peterson who ran like I said 1000 yards last year, so you know, a familiar guy, a little bit of an insurance policy. You're like uh, that kind of sucks, but by the end of the season guys could take over and and kind of get AP out of the way. And then they go and draft Bryce Love who is not far removed from a Heisman worthy level campaign over 2000 Total yards uh, over 2,000 rushing yards, I should say, 2,118 rushing yards, 19 touchdowns, an FBS record of all time, 13 runs of 50 yards or more. Incredibly explosive, just a, a beast as a runner. Would have been a first-round pick if he had left for the draft uh, two seasons ago. Then he goes and gets hurt his senior year, uh, deals with nagging injury, ankle injuries, gets his you know knee injury. Um, so he he takes a, a huge hit and falls around four or five. But if this was two seasons ago, he would have been right up there in the first round so now it's just like what the hell's going on in this backfield? Plus, you got Chris Thompson, who's going to probably take some receptions as well. Foreheaded nightmare. Is that what we're looking at? Never a positive. Uh, Bryce Love, you know, both of those guys are recovering from ACL, so who knows who's actually going to be healthy when? But to me, it's just a, a gross situation on an offense that probably is going to be one of the worst in the leagues. When you, I mean, maybe Haskins does like this now that they have Haskins. No, just,
0: come on, you know? don't well, don't talk I, yourself into them having a good offense. Only, oh
2: no, I'm certainly not going to. I'm saying there might be a little more room for hope with Haskins there instead of Keenum. But but even then he, who's but, he throwing to they got no receivers it's it's just a gross offense i'm going i'm not touching the redskins this year
0: something to think about uh, just kind of popped into my head as you were talking about that the, you know three-headed monster four-headed monster i mean we always talk about the dreaded running back committee seems to me like we could come up with a clever name for say like a four-headed monster uh, yeah, something like that, like a worse committee situation. You know, I, I don't have anything off the top of my head, but let's let's consider, you know, possibly, you know, naming like, you know, a three back committee, a four back committee, stuff well,
2: like remember that. Remember that? Um, Remember
0: the dog in like Greek mythology? Cerebus? Cerebus?
2: Yeah, that has like the heads that when you cut okay. one off, it off. So comes that's back the, that's the three
0: headed committee. No, that's <laughs> I, I think the hydra is the thing. If you cut its head off, it grows oh, back. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah but right. but Cerebus is the three headed dog that guards hell.
2: So that there you go, it belongs in hell just like these committees. And then the Hydra is like when you have just so many backs all right. popping, and they're up, all and you they're cut some, one off
0: and like a two heads. Another right gross, or yeah, like that. exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, something to think about, people. I like it. I like all right. it. Number three, another Todd Gurley red fantasy flag is raised after the Rams trade up for Daryl Henderson. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to make you a little bit uncomfortable if you're a Todd Gurley owner.
2: Yeah, it was one of those things where you saw how much work they gave C.J. Anderson. Just applauding, it looked like he was fucking fat as fuck to be honest. When C.J. Anderson came in last year, he he rumbled. He did fine. He played well. But if they're willing to shell out that much work to him, and then they you see these highlight clips from behind the scenes of their draft, and Les Snead is like, "We need to go get this guy." He gives you a Kamara element. I'm not getting off that. I won't say if we play against him, we're gonna feel it. Snead goes out and says that. So they, despite having very minimal draft. Capable, yeah. Uh, trade up get Daryl Henderson, make sure they go get this guy. Uh, again, compared to Alvin Kamara by the owner, and we know Sean McVay loves explosive talents and very creative mindset. Uh, less need even before the draft at the Combine, was saying about Gurley, are we going to give him that same amount of load? Or are we going to lessen it to keep him fresher for the season for seasons beyond that? We go that route, we kind of have to have that Batman-Robin combination. You know, you almost hope for a C.J. Anderson as the Robin. You get an explosive guy like Henderson, who's 8.2 yards per carry is like a Division One record, the best in 1956, incredibly explosive, great long speed, tough runner as well, just always churning Uh, and even he himself comes out Henderson and says this is the perfect fit if you watch my college film and you watch the Rams film, it's the same style of offense this is the best system I could have gone to Uh, everything worked out great Everything's clicking with this relationship. I knew it was going to be a perfect fit, and I'm happy to be there. Uh, So, I mean, this guy clearly fits this scheme very well. We already have the knee arthritis red flags, and now he's going to have more workload concerns. To me, uh, Gurley, I mean, you probably still take him in the first round because it's just – such a historic talent and such an awesome offense. So even if he's only getting, let's say, sixty percent of the work instead of eighty, for what he's gotten in the past, he's still probably going to be worth that first overall <laughs> rounder. But to me now, he's you know I'd probably rather have Joe Mixon. I'd rather have you know some of these other guys, these receivers. So where, maybe. You,
0: where is he on your big board right now?
2: Right now he's settling in right at like seven. Mixon's up at six and, and Gurley's at seven. But uh, these comments about how much they love Henderson and what this guy could do. I mean Henderson's probably the best value right now in early best ball drafts. He's fallen beyond round pick 150. I think he's going to have some standalone value plus the handcuff value if he ends up taking over for Gurley. He'd threaten for number one overall. Would you rather players. have
0: Gurley or David Johnson?
2: Uh, girly right that's now that's tough but, though right it's, it's tough it's, though right i wouldn't even considered that question at the end of the season well, I, would I wouldn't
0: have asked it to you at the end of the season
2: i would have given you probably two middle fingers and said never talk to me again if you had asked that and, and now it's a very very legitimate question and you could certainly make a case i mean johnson, all the stocks Jackson's going state. up
0: with johnson right now all the stocks going down with girly exactly. so we'll and see I, what, that's happens. what
2: i'm a little bit wary of is like the girly hate's going to boil over so much that he becomes a pretty solid value because there's those guys that just have everything piled on. And it's all piled on to girlie. It's just a matter of is it worth being piled on? Because if it is, it, then this is going to be a pretty rough season for anyone that invests in
0: girly early. Right. I agree. Um, All right, we don't have to talk about this one too much because we kind of uh, talked about this one in a roundabout way when we were talking about the rookie uh, losers. Already overvalued Corey Davis with the Titans to see less looks in the anemic pass game that we referred to earlier. Um, Anything to add beyond what you already said? Well, I just never understood the love for Davis.
2: I mean, everything here still applies. No, to, you've been not a great about a quarterback situation, <laughs> a crowded pass core for a weak aerial pie, but Corey Davis himself, everyone seems to suck this guy off. Remember he killed the Patriots
0: love- that one game?
2: Oh, yeah, because I dropped him in fantasy and then my (sighs) opponent who's facing me picked him up and knocked me out of the playoffs because of that fucking ass wipe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And the Patriots lost. I I fucking hate Corey Davis. Holy shit. I'm about to like flip out and break a window real quick. But this is more fantasy fueled hatred because I own the guy and he was so maddening. He had like four big games. He actually only topped 10 points four times. And one of them was like 160 yards and a touchdown. He was on my bench for that one, of course. Yeah. Uh, he actually had more games under 5 fantasy points and this is half PPR. You have to be really shitty to get under 5 fantasy points as a top number 1 receiver in your offense to see 112 targets a game or I mean uh, that season and have under 5 fantasy points 5 different times. Least
0: favorite type of and I, I know this is not this is not uh you know a revelation exclusive to us. Like we've heard I mean right. I've read plenty of good articles about this. But like least favorite type of fantasy player to own one of like players like that oh he got me 24 this week oh the next three weeks he got me three two and five it's i right. hate those guys you want someone that's going to get you 10 or 11 and yeah you know, and sometimes give it a high those... side but i hate cory davis too
2: yeah and i don't mind it and this is a new uh glossary term like i'm coming up with i've called it a jugular player mm-hmm. where it's like a tyler lockett or a tyree kill if he was out on the field and you, you think you're in a battle and suddenly they score and they just grab you by the jugular, stomp on your throat and kill you. But guys like Lockett and them do it so much more often than a Corey Davis. And they come with a decent floor where they at least get you like eight or nine when they're not getting you those 30-point jugular games. Davis will kill you when he doesn't get those 24, 30-point yeah, oh, games. Yeah. And it's, he's awful. And he doesn't get I them just, that much. No, he doesn't. So how is he going to actually be better this year? So he's, 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 he's the most he's overrated a, player in fantasy by far, by a long try. I have him like fifty spots below his ECR and his, his ADP, and it should be probably even more. Especially now that AJ Brown's there, even more competition. Adam Humphreys Delaney Walker, just disgusting. I don't, I don't even want no, to talk about another this.
0: Another possibility disgusting. for a player like Jugular, like you're talking about. When you said that, I immediately thought of Mortal Kombat, where they have fatalities. Yeah, you know, what I mean? when you. you finish finish yeah. somebody, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Mortality, yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know what we would use, but something like that, where it's like, yeah, you're in a battle, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm down 30. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Jordan Howard sinks further into the Fantasy Abyss. Man, could he sink further? I mean, I kind of thought he was already, like, in up to his neck. Uh, He sinks further into the Fantasy Abyss now behind Miles Sanders. Man, jeez.
2: Yeah, I know, I mean, the, when he got traded to the Eagles you're like, alright, well at least there's a role here maybe a big back role, I maybe the early it. down carries, I didn't buy it that much either, I, and they've always been such a committee heavy system with Doug Peterson that I was like, eh, whatever, at least he's not with the Bears where they're not going to use him at all uh, but now they go and get Miles Sanders, they trade up for this guy, Howie Roseman's like already gushing that how much they love this guy, he's they haven't taken a running back since LeSean McCoy over round four uh, and then they go trade up and get this guy He's just brave how he rows him, how much he loves him, how the three-down guy have to take off the field and he still keeps they always emphasize you know we like our committees we like our situational football so yeah sure i'm sure jordan howard might get some goal line touches but this is going to be a guy that if he doesn't score he's getting you nothing in fantasy and he's going to have plenty of those goose eggs where you just want to spit in his face and slap him he already was doing that last year tons and now he's going to be in an even more crowded situation so jordan
0: howard just cross him off your list do not touch him don't fall for that name this year pathetic Mike Davis's fantasy value evaporates with David Montgomery's addition. Um I mean, you know, I was a little high on Davis for a while, uh but I wasn't like, you know, going crazy to get him, but obviously this tempers my expectations quite a bit.
2: Yeah, it it was one of those situations if he entered the season atop the Bears depth chart, you're going to look at yourself a quality RB2 most likely when Matt Nagy, very strong run game coordinator, loves to pepper his backs with targets. We saw Kareem Hunt lead the league in yardage under him. All these good things about Nagy and his run game. And he, he was braving about Mike Davis, how he fit the inside gap scheme, all that real well. But then they go get David Montgomery, who's the definition of a tackle breaker, who runs the inside zone as well yeah. as anybody I've seen coming out of college. Uh, he makes you miss inside the tackle box, what Nagy cites, and calls him a three down back. He says, when you have a guy that can play all three downs, it's nice for your play call. It's nice for the offense. We don't have to switch things up. We can be unpredictable because you have no idea what I'm coming at you with. And David Montgomery, great hands. Great for the run game that Matt Nagy wants to run Mike Davis is not going to sniff the field Unless David Montgomery gets hurt Or they really just need to give this guy a breather It's going to be a Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery Backfield, there's no scraps here For Mike Davis, that's going to be fantasy
0: relevant The already gross Bills Backfield becomes a The aforementioned four-headed nightmare a hydra. Uh, that we to, a hydra maybe You know, uh, yeah. cerebrus Plus an extra like head growing out of the Side of his neck um, you know, and obviously this affects LaShawn McCoy, Prince. You know more than anybody. Uh, the, you know, and I know, and I read this. I, I knew this, but I actually see you have the numbers here. His yards per carry average has gone from five point four to four point zero to three point two over the last season. Uh, yeah. And they just picked up Frank Gore, who. Good God, Frank! What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> just cracking walnuts. Right. And and TJ, yeah, he is. I mean, right. I mean, he's he's as well endowed as ever. But still yes. still Frank, come on. You I mean I exactly. love Frank Gore. I love Frank Gore. I love Shady McCoy too, but come on, man. Neither one of these guys is doing anything here. I guess no. I mean, can I fault Gore? Gore just wants it. I mean, he's like, Yeah, sure, I'll make a million a year, just like running a football. Like it's churning. Right. Why not? I mean, yeah, is, is yeah. there anything worth talking about aside the fact that, you know, you if you buy into the Bills backfield, you're a moron.
2: A hundred percent. That's really all it was. McCoy didn't do shit when he was the only back there and now they add Yeldon Gore and then they draft Devin Singletary, a a McCoy clone. The only hope for McCoy right now is he could get traded. He could get cut. I know his cap hit is pretty damn high. They have a lot of cap space. The Bills do. So it's not like they need to cut him. But I wouldn't be shocked to see him moved. Let's say he goes to the Bucks or the Chiefs or something like that. Then maybe Shady can have one or two more solid seasons. But right now, there's no reason to touch this
0: backfield. Okay, fair enough. Jalen Samuels Jalen Samuels, and in, oh yeah, Yahoo has him listed as a tight end That's not fair. That's not with regulations <laughs> oh, no. uh, I right. fucking hate that guy uh, Anyway, his handcuff with benefits role now in question With Benny Snell's edition And a friend of the podcast, Trevor Sikama Had some stuff to say about Benny Snell, right? Yeah, a few episodes ago, if you missed that one, Sikama's interviews are always fantastic.
2: And I asked him, who's your biggest fantasy sleeper? If there's one guy in this draft class that's not getting a ton of press right now, who's the one that blows up and is just a fantasy monster by the end? He said, obviously, it'll take a Connor injury or some crazy training camp developments. But Benny Snell, I love the way the the, the Steelers scout. I love that Snell's that hard-nosed, like, classic Steeler guy. And he's just going to grind it. He's going to be their late-game closer. That's the role he played. Uh, for all those years at Kentucky, set all these records: 26 straight starts, starts 27 of his 39 career games, breaks 14 school records, uh, 48 rushing touchdowns over those seasons, and 19 100 yard games. I mean, the guy is just a churning workhorse style guy. Decent enough hands that if if something ever happens, he, he could play that three down role as well. It's just I, I love and I like Jalen Samuels a lot too. So this is just one of those things where he was one of my favorite, you know, right around pick 100, round 10. Get Jalen Samuels because you might get some receptions. They they said they love, they want to work him in more. Plus, you get the handcuff. Now that role is much more in question. Now there's no reason to really take Samuels until we know more about who's directly behind Connor. And what do you do with Connor? What if these guys start to work in a little bit more? Uh, Snell, though, much more intriguing as a handcuff
0: option at this point. Not, I mean. Nice of Sycamore to answer that question, uh, because we had one guy on the pod where you asked him, like, hey, who would you pick here? And he was like, oh, I don't know. How can you pick between any I'm, of these guys? I'm, I'm not, the, predict- I'm not the in the <laughs> p- prediction. I know you had me on here to talk about fantasy football and, uh, and you know, for me to, like, tell you who yes. I like more than the other guys. But, I mean, you know, nice of Trevor Sycamore to actually give you an answer. Thanks, Trevor. We, Thank we'd man. love to have you back sometime. <laughs> um all right we're gonna get into a little bit of game of thrones if that's okay with you we actually it was actually a pretty good week of tv and we had the survivor finale also uh, i won't get oh, into yeah. that too much i aspire to do a survivor uh podcast for the show uh for, for will, the rsj fair, before for too fair. long because yeah. I, I have an awful lot to say but yeah. let's talk about game of thrones because we know it's a little more universal a lot more people watching that um man i I'll I'll tell you this. When we watched Game of Thrones last night, me and my lovely wife, who I care for very much, after it ended, she kind of turned to me and she just looked at me and she just goes, that was whack.
2: (laughs) I can't even picture Anna saying that. That's awesome. And then
0: just like left. Yeah.
2: It's all it was awful. It was fucking furious. I I think my exact So you words, guys
0: sucked, right?
2: Oh, I, I fucking hated okay. it. And I, right. I remember I think my words exactly were, well, that was just a fucking colossal waste of my time. I mean, think about how invested and not only just the time, the emotions, and how like enveloped you get into Westeros and these plots and these schemes and how well developed the characters had been for so long and it, you just had no idea what was gonna happen and then that – just like, what was the episode? Forty here's minutes. Here's what I feel like. I think we watch people walk for here's, about. 40 here's minutes. the best
0: comparison I can come up with off the top of let's my head. Maybe there's a better one. So it'd be like kind of if Leonardo da Vinci, or no, it'd be like if Michelangelo was sitting here painting the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel and doing, you know, a real bang up job as he yeah. did. You know, say say it takes him like two years or however many years to finish it, and let's say he finishes like ninety percent of it, looks great, and then he's like. Um, hey, uh, Nat, how'd you like to finish this up? And I just went up there because I don't know how to paint and was just like and just kind of slapped some paint on there and that was the end. That's the best thing. I mean, it was a masterpiece. It was a masterpiece. First, you know, and I'm not, you know, fifth season wasn't a great season, but it was still like Martin's material largely and it's like through the fifth, Mm -hmm. even sixth season, I mean, you're talking about some really good shit and then seventh season, even though there was some appealing stuff that happened, you could just tell things were different. Like, remember, mm-hmm. I was complaining about the distances traveled and stuff, even at the beginning. You agreed. I yeah. And at the beginning, yeah. it got so much worse. This episode, I felt, was just really, really, really predictable. Like, if you had Everything said to it. me, hey man, write in an envelope and seal it. What do you think is probably going to happen? I'd have gotten like 80-90% of this stuff right. I mean, mm-hmm. like down to like some very specific things. Like I said to my wife even when, when Tyrion was like walking to the end, I was like, I'll bet like this whole arc ends with him seating down his new small council and them like getting down to business and like chuckling and blah and you know, yep. and then it's going to, and it like the scene went exactly the way I thought. The John Danny thing went exactly the way I thought it was. After it happened and Drogon came up, I said, I turned to my wife and I was like, I'll bet Drogon turns and burns the Iron Throne Like Drogon understands the symbolism Behind the Iron yeah, Throne all of a sudden, exactly, he right? it, He's like unclear About like oh I wonder if this guy killed uh, You know Danny Bob can't be sure It wasn't here but I'll tell you this that big Stack of swords <laughs> right there symbolizes Everything that's wrong with Westeros right Now and I'm gonna just blast it With all the dragon fire I got like Give me I mean how smart is he is he like Genius human intelligence or is He like a smart animal because that Was a very advanced thing for him to do That was awful. Yeah, it's just exactly predictable is a great word for it. And so many
2: loose ends and storylines they started to create just – what the hell, Jon Snow dies and comes back and then no one ever explains what the fuck that's about like it, Azor hide, this guy we're following around, the, the prince who's promised what's that storyline, did that ever come into fruition, there's just so many things that just are so unsettled and it's, it was pretty sad when you read fan theories and their way of developing the
0: story was so much oh, richer, I would love to complex. have just a couple like huge Game of Thrones nerds like right yeah, the like last couple seasons I'd be oh. all about that like there's there's Absolutely. there's hundreds
2: of them, thousands, right. And they they're analyzing, you know, Martin's words and what they might symbolize. And all all this. And wasted. All was wasted. As just like basic surface level as you could get. I, I remember going into this yeah. last season being like, Game of Thrones is already the locked-in number one show. It doesn't really nope. matter what happens here. I don't agree here. anymore. I, I, they can't ruin it. It's been that good. And now it's just like, no, it's not. It was that bad of an ending, that bad of a final season that I, it's not in my top three even anymore. And that's so sad to think because it was. It is so sad it, it was, to think because it everything was the as GOAT. A touchable, as it could be. like It was it was exactly as invincible as you ever picked without 100% invincible. Because clearly, at this point, it's not invincible. It's not in my top three anymore. It's, uh, I'm, it ruins me. It's, it, you look at a show like Breaking Bad that was just so good throughout and then finished so well. And that's what the the, the worst part is D.B. Weiss or whatever the fuck, and one of those assholes was like... I know, you, one you of those he assholes. A show, they, they, he got asked a question before they even premiered the Season 8 season and was like... Um, why did you need two years? And he goes, "Well, with a show like this, you look at a guy, a show like Breaking Bad, and you just have to end it perfectly like that. So we needed those two years to really plan it out. So this is what you, this is what you envisioned as the perfect Breaking Bad style, like come full circle ending. Give me a fucking break! It was awful, predictable, useless, just boring. Uh, and no development of characters anymore. I, I hated everything about it.
0: Yeah, I thought it was really stupid. There was one thing that I really enjoyed." One. Also, by the way, I'm going to talk about another thing I didn't. I mean, how about Tyrion? And you said a lot of it was just walking. I mean, how about Tyrion so walking all the way down and just finding the exact spot where Jamie and Cersei are buried and then, like, taking <sighs> off what appeared to be, like, six or seven brick-sized rocks off them and then they're fine? It's like, you know, first of all, that probably wouldn't have killed him. I mean, it was just like, you know, what? If it's only six bricks, I mean, look. I mean, it was like bricks like this big, and he just he takes them off. He's he's a dwarf, and he was able to undig them both with his bare hands, like pretty quickly. And it's like you know, usually when people get crushed by collapsing buildings, they're getting crushed by like six thousand pound boulders, right? But he's like, oh, and, and he just found out. That was so dumb. Anyway, the one thing I did really enjoy just visually and i know everyone's talked about that is the scene where they came up and danny stood up and drogon's wings were behind oh, her yeah, i thought that, that was, was awesome i mean visually cool. spectacular that was great um other than that i don't have too many kind things to say about it i mean john pet ghost but like the sweet. toughest <laughs> hang in westeros is now the king really yeah, it's like exactly. it's like uh-huh. brand hey do you like uh what do you think would well, you want to be king and he can't just be like yeah sure i'll fucking do it he's like why do you think I came all this way? It's like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, man. You're still a dick. You're still it's like, such come a Come on. Dick. Like, by the way, why <sighs> didn't you just tell us this like a, a month ago? Like, why yeah, didn't you just right. say, okay, hey, man, like, look, all things aside, like, I think I'd be the best guy for this job. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to be a great king for these reasons, but he's just like all mysterious. It's like right. Dumbledore and Harry I still Potter have no, making like him figure out. Like, what the fuck's the three-eyed Raven? It's nothing. Get, like, it's nothing. Remember like what he did the, in the, in the battle of Winterfell? He's like, oh, I'm going to warg into like four or five crows and just fly and around kind of uh, like yes, distract people. Bird. <laughs> that was like his big party trick
2: yeah exactly Ugh, so so fucking and we need a master of whispers doesn't brand know everything that's happening like why do we need a that's master a great of Great point i didn't even
0: like, think about that he's like, like, just been like you know what that won't be necessary we can save a little money on that right off the top yeah
2: exactly right <laughs> I, can, I know everything that's happening but oh, i still need a master of whispers uh, i don't know fucking everything about it was just awful i i, I was so disappointed and i've been so I, I don't even know what i would do now with the books if they ever wind down i, I want to read them i want to see what he and intended it to be, but, like, is he ever going
0: to even finish these things? He, no, he's not, but he can't. This feel, can't be the legacy. This, this can't is, be the He can't feel too good about up. this. Like He this can't is, feel yeah. good about this. No. That's no, I want, to, I want to see
2: him comment. And have you seen that? A lot of the actors have been...
0: The actors know, didn't get, like it either. You could tell. No, they, they were like, yeah, Brent, this is garbage. I mean, I'm sure they all made a lot of money, but... Do
2: you know that, Brad, Brad, the one time I've actually liked Brad, the actor, whoever plays him, I forget the guy's name, um, said, there's a quote... I first read the, the final season and said, this is a joke script, right? And then realized, oh, shit, this isn't a joke. So, like, even Bran, the worst character of all time, was mm-hmm. like, this has got to be a joke script, right? I know Kit Harington he had one word to describe it. He said disappointing. Like, <laughs> everybody is Varys like – Varys
0: hated it, I know.
2: It, oh, yeah. Varys has gone off well, on for,
0: for but, With good reason. I think the actor reason. who played Bran, I think his name is Buzz Killington yeah
2: exactly
0: right fucking loser is all you need to name that kid oh so anyway i I uh, I mean i I see i see what they're doing as far as like a lot of the things they planted at the end it seems like they're planting the seeds for spinoffs um which it's like
2: aria maybe
0: like i mean who's gonna write it like am i interested in aria having adventures i guess i'm not interested in aria having adventures written by um you know those guys <laughs> no man yeah, i don't ever want to see anything those guys do ever again I agree. and the sad yeah, thing I've... is they made so much money off this i'm sure they're laughing uh, all the way to the bank absolutely
2: doesn't matter yeah this doesn't affect them
0: but right. it sucks it absolutely it sucks does. um so anyway sorry to bring you guys down at the end that's how we both feel we didn't talk about this beforehand but it looks like we're very much aligned on the whole thrones yeah. thing uh, we're gonna have to hey, find We have new obsession. Fan- one thing movies? i will tell you um is they did have a great series of commercials before and one of them uh heavily featuring aaron paul and then realized it was westworld season three uh jesse pinkman breaking bad is going to be the star of season three of westworld so uh
2: i didn't even see that preview oh it looks
0: really good it was like i was like what's this man jesse's in a show and then at the very end it was like he's talking westworld. to someone and it's like and it's like uh it was like a robot and then it just said westworld season three and i was oh, like so sweet. pumped okay. yeah i was really excited at least We
2: got one positive out of this yeah
0: Yeah, we'll see. See what uh, he can do. I think that Watchmen show
2: looks pretty interesting too.
0: I mean, I'm about as big a Watchmen fan as there is in the world, the original source material. So we'll see what happens. I'm definitely going to watch it. I mean, hell yeah! I'm a huge Watchmen nerd. So we'll see what happens. Um, All right, man. Uh, You got any social media you want to pump before we get out of here? Nah, if you want to hear us rave about (laughs) this, what a
2: depressing episode! People that suck in fantasy, the Game of Thrones
0: is loser, loser fest. Yeah,
2: exactly. I was gonna say this is—we're uh, usually pretty optimistic, positive people, so don't don't judge it if this is your first time listening. I don't give a fuck. But you can find me at Roto Street Wolf. Uh, you can find the site, RotoStreetJournal.com, and podcast website, FFBDPod.com. These uh, are both of our home bases. And you can find the Fantasy Fullback Dive on Instagram, FFBDPod on Twitter, and Roto Street Journal on Instagram and Facebook, and Roto ST Journal on Twitter. All those different channels. And of course, the main important one if you're listening to this, you probably like podcasts. So if you like what you heard, we're going to pave that path. To your 2019 titles all season long. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Let us know what we can do, what questions you have. Hit us up. We'd love it here. Alright, my
0: name is Nat the Truth Jones. And I'm the Wolf. See you guys later. We
1: used to have it all, but now's our curtain call, So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and find Oh, it's our time. Go, but at least we stole the show 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 Straight ahead, Dettler, second effort. third effort, touchdown, oh.
0: That's old-fashioned football right there, folks. (laughs)